today on the Ward Preacher Podcast. How to serve. The Lord is bound and the responsibility of family. I'm Brett Jensen and this is the Ward Preacher Podcast. Our Come Follow Me curriculum for this coming week will bring us to Doctrine and Covenants sections 81 through 83. Uh, So let's go ahead and get started. Section 81 is a revelation that is addressed to Frederick G. Williams, who would become a counselor in the first presidency of the church, a counselor uh, to the prophet Joseph Smith. So if we look at a couple of verses that were given as uh, instruction from the Lord to him, Uh, We'll do a little bit of reading here. This is verses 5 and 6. Wherefore, be faithful. Stand in the office which I have appointed unto you. Succor the weak. Lift up the hands which hang down, and strengthen the feeble knees. And if thou art faithful unto the end, thou shalt have a crown of immortality and eternal life in the mansions which I have prepared in the house of my Father. Okay. Uh, very powerful, memorable, oft-quoted uh, phrases uh, that we find in, in a few places, but this is an excellent example. Sucker the weak, lift the hands which hang down, strengthen the feeble knees. And uh, one, of the thing that, one of the things that came to my mind as I was reading this was a talk that was given uh, a few years ago by Elder Uchtdorf in General Conference. He was talking about lifting a piano that, that needed to be moved from one area to another. And they had a whole bunch of guys in their church building, multiple attempts to coordinate the movement of this piano failed. They tried to organize by height, by age, uh, it didn't work. A simple pro- uh, solution was then proposed. Stand close together and lift where you stand. And this joint effort was successful. And the lesson that was learned from that was very clear. There are opportunities all around you, right where you are, uh, opportunities for you to choose to serve the Lord, to choose to serve yourself. Um, you have that choice. Where do you want to, to, to choose? And the, the ideal thing is obviously wherever you are, try and lift. Try and serve. Lift where you stand. Contribute something. It's a dangerous thing to just uh, say to yourself, well, you know, when my circumstances change, that's when I'll focus more on my faith. I'll be more righteous. I'll do family home evenings. I'll work on prayers, you know, in this other circumstance that's coming up. There will always be another opportunity to prioritize other things above building the kingdom of God. It's not likely to become easier. And frequently, your geography is not going to make the most important difference. Certainly, there can be difficult circumstances, but frequently feelings of depression or inadequacy, these can be at least remedied in part by finding something that you can do right where you stand. 
If you look around you, you will be able to notice others who are less fortunate than you are. Hands that hang down, feeble knees. Remember, the merciful obtain mercy. All right. Section 82 has a couple of really famous verses. Uh, one of them is verse 10, which reads as follows. I, the Lord, am bound when ye do what I say. But when ye do not what I say, ye have no promise. Now, frequently, we imagine the Lord being omnipotent as being free to do whatever he wants. That's not necessarily a bad way to think of it. We should kind of envision God as free. And so it's kind of, uh, there's a contrast we can find when we see passages like this that describe the Lord being bound or limited in some way. Uh, because that does not strike us as being omnipotent. But there are several places in the, in the scriptures where we can see that. Obviously this verse is one, I the Lord am bound when you do what I say. But there are other places um, where he talks about other limitations that he has. Um, God cannot change, or he would cease to be God. In Mormon uh, chapter 9, verse 19, God cannot lie. He knew that God could not lie. Enos did uh, as he was praying, and his guilt was swept away. God cannot be unjust. Alma chapter 42, verse 13, or he would cease to be God. There are limits on what God can do. And I think that's really important because this isn't just something that he does himself. He invites other people saying, this is the way. Limit yourself in these ways and you will find, you know, maybe counterintuitively, freedom. Uh, most fundamental to this, critical to his gospel path is to limit yourself by making covenants to behave in certain ways, to think in certain ways, to speak in certain ways. Uh, he invites people to be baptized, to receive the Holy Ghost, to do physical signs that indicate promises that will limit what they will do. So, how do we reconcile this? How do, how do we deal with this counterintuitive idea that um, God, who was, was very adamant about promoting free will, liberty, agency, and described the truth as setting men free, uh, the truth shall set you free, kind of thing, how do you reconcile that with this idea that we should restrict ourselves, bind ourselves, make ourselves seemingly less free? How do we reconcile that? Well, there are many correct answers to that question. Um, so I'm just going to take one perspective and describe the source of restriction as being a critical difference. The source of that restriction is a key differentiation there. A man, for example, who makes himself a servant to sin, 
who gets involved in some sort of addiction or behavior, he becomes a servant to his sin and is unable to serve in other ways. And this can range from being unable to be the best parent to a child, or even down to being unable to perform basic necessary tasks in society. You know, somebody who's so addicted to drugs, they can't hold a job, their bodies have been destroyed, their minds have been compromised, they're unable to provide for themselves. You get a wide range of people who become servants to sin, being less free. And you can contrast that experience with a person who chooses to serve the Lord because um, they're not compelled by God to serve. That's critical. A man who determines that they are choosing to follow the Lord is voluntarily making covenants, offering proof to God, offering their own signs like baptism and partaking of the sacrament that when met with divine approval and covenant, enable God to make binding promises that will provide blessings, gifts, and powers. So you're free to access things you would never be able to access in any other way by choosing to bind yourself to God's covenant path. Now, those who refuse to choose, you get some people who say, you know, I, I'm not going to choose between being a servant to some sin or addiction or choose to be a servant to God. I'm going to serve myself, and that will represent actual freedom. Um, that's that's not actually more free. I would compare this type of uh, reaction to being like a starving man in a dumpster approached by a wealthy uh, benefactor who says, I would like to take you from here, and if you will agree to, to follow certain guide, uh, guidelines, I will provide you a home and food and shelter in my mansion. And he sneers at that and says, I'm not your charity case. And he continues chewing on garbage and thinks himself so clever because he's free. I think this is important because accepting the generosity of Jesus Christ can bring power beyond understanding, beyond what we see in our dumpsters. Um, let's talk a little bit also about the scale of responsibility. This is another famous verse in section 82, which reads, For of him unto whom much is given, much is required. And he who sins against the greater light shall receive the greater condemnation. People sometimes look at inequity and think that well, God must be unjust. But that's not the case. There are some people to whom much is given, and some people to whom less is given. And that's not necessarily unjust, 
It's deliberate. He's trying to accomplish something. God provides us varying levels of substance and understanding precisely because giving and receiving are some of the most rewarding and fulfilling experiences in human life. Have you ever been in trouble? Have you ever been in a bind and had someone help you? get you the thing that you needed? How grateful were you when that happened? I recall a situation where I had broken down on the side of the road and I was a couple of miles from where I needed to be and and a guy stopped uh, and, and gave me a ride to where I needed to be. That was, I was so grateful that someone had helped me. Have you ever been on the other side where you've seen somebody that needs some help, and you've offered them the thing that they need, and you've seen the outpouring of gratitude, how did that make you feel? I think that these things are some of the most rewarding things in, in human experience, and we have a lot of traditions that help us to enjoy these things, simple traditions such as the giving and receiving of gifts at Christmas time, they help us to experience when you get someone something that's a really thoughtful gift that, that brings a bond, helps you feel closer. This is good. Regular family living allows people to uh, play roles in which they may or may not have equal responsibility or access to substance. Um, but they can still lovingly help one another and form deep and powerful bonds. I think this is critical. I'm incredibly grateful to my parents who gave of themselves for my benefit in ways that I did not understand even when I was very young. And being on the other side, now that I'm grown, it's rewarding to provide for my wife and kids. And maybe they don't always understand everything that goes into some of the things that they enjoy, but it's still a rewarding thing. And we cooperatively share a bond because of this. I think that this brings us to the next point very, uh, very easily, the responsibility of family, because it's not just a rewarding aspect of family life. It's something that's expected by God. It's a responsibility that is divinely appointed. Failure to meet family obligations will bring upon individuals and nations the calamities foretold by ancient and modern prophets. And section 83 describes the responsibility of maybe the church in this structure. Um, a couple of verses here that we'll read. Women have claim on their husbands for their maintenance until their husbands are taken, and if they are not found transgressors, they shall have fellowship in the church. And if they are not faithful, they shall not have fellowship in the church, yet they may remain upon their inheritances according to the laws of the land. All children have claim upon their parents for their maintenance until they are of age. 
And after that, they have claim upon the church, or in other words, upon the Lord's storehouse, if their parents have not wherewith to give them inheritances. So that's section 83, verses 2 through 5. And I think this is clear here. Um, I, I mean, they talk a little about the situations involving the United Order, what they're allowed to inherit, and that's maybe not as applicable. But the clear message that is applicable is that a husband and father is responsible for the care of his wife and kids. And while there may be circumstances in which adaptation is necessary, the default case is that a man should provide for his family. The church is not the primary source of help. It cannot replace the family. Now, having been said, people should contribute through their churches to help those who are in difficult circumstances, who cannot help themselves otherwise. Help should, as much as possible, though, come from short distances. The principle is to love thy neighbor. If people are under the impression that some office building in Salt Lake City is what stands in the way of poor people in their neighborhoods being helped. They are under the wrong impression. You should find a way to help your neighbor. God is not going to stand at that great and judgment day saying something like this. <clears throat> Blessed are ye, for when I was hungered, Ye changed your social media profile picture border. And when I was thirsty, ye got angry at your church for not giving me more supplies. And when I was naked, ye voted for candidates who promised to give me stuff from people in higher tax brackets than you. And when I was sick or in prison, ye shouted at people in an opposing political party that they weren't taking care of me. That's not how it works. You have an obligation to help those around you. In the end, fulfill your responsibilities. This is what God will look for. Be humble enough to serve the Lord. The humble will be exalted, and the proud will be abased. And there are opportunities to serve around you right now, right where you are. Take advantage of these. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at section 84, talking about the priesthood. Of course, there's a lot we did not cover in this week. Uh, in this week's reading, please study that individually and with your family. And as always, fight on.